Defended by Simmons. Is this the Tiger? Battleborn Phantom. Hello and welcome back to the Battleborn Leafs podcast. I'm your host as always, Joshua Anselmo, here to talk to you guys today about your favorite team in the NHL, your Toronto Maple Leafs. Today's episode is a little bit of a sad one as I will be talking about Jason Spezza in retirement from the National Hockey League. It's going to be a tough episode, that's for sure. Jason Spezza, a guy loved all around the city, a real team player, an absolute legend in this league. And, you know, he played 1,248 games in the NHL. He, you know, 19 seasons all together, 995 points. Um, you know, just an overall fantastic player. Uh, really turned, you know, the future of the Ottawa Senators and, you know, had some really nice seasons with the Dallas Stars before becoming a Maple Leaf. And, you know, I'll always remember him for his time in Ottawa as I was growing up as a kid. Obviously, you know, he was one of the better players in the league. Um, and, you know, today's a bit of a tough day because, you know, now I'm at that age uh, being, you know, a late teenager starting to see, you know, the guys that I grew up with in this league starting to filter out. And it's been a tough year. You know, we lost Dustin Brown to retirement as well. Uh, multiple other names, you know, the list is on and on. Potentially Zidane Chara and Patrice Bergeron as well. You know, this is a Leaf podcast, but those guys are fantastic hockey players. And, you know, to see them leave the league, it's a better league when they're in it. And I have to admit that, especially Bergeron. I love that guy. Uh, you know, defensive devoted center, so underrated. But, you know, going back to Spezza, Spezza was a real team player. And, you know, this team definitely is taking a hit here. I know a lot of people are overlooking it. Because he is now with the management side of the Maple Leafs, which I love that move. I'm going to go deeper into that. You know, obviously there's talk about him potentially becoming the next GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm going to talk all about that in my opinion on that. But, you know, Jason Spezza is a guy that, you know, it's hard to hate him. And, you know, he came over for pennies on the dollar, uh, literally helped Toronto with the cap as much as he possibly could playing for free basically you know he's placed on waivers said he would not play for any other nhl team unless it was the maple leafs this season he played in 71 games he had 12 goals 13 assists for 25 points he averaged 10 minutes and 45 seconds of ice time in those 71 games right hand shot you know played pretty much as a center um with his time with the maple leafs here on the fourth line you know Spezza is at that age now. He's 38 right now. Um, he's going to be turning 39 this summer, um, you know, in June, actually, in a few days, uh, June 13th. But this is a guy that he knew that his time was coming to an end. And, you know, that's something you got to respect uh, when players like this retire. They know not to, you know, play pass where they're hurting their team in a negative sense. And, the best thing about this is, you know, Kyle spoke about it in his media availability when they announced the retirement officially and that he'd be joining the front office effective immediately, was that Jason Spezza wanted to retire on the day where there was no playoff hockey to, you know, keep, you know, himself from being a distraction from the playoff teams. And 
I love that about him. That's the kind of guy he is. He's a team first player. And, you know, you look around all the team social media, like all the players' social media, they're all posting stuff about him. Austin Matthews is something that stuck out to me. You know, he posted on his Instagram story. Uh, they don't make them like this anymore and put a bunch of stuff of Spezza on there. I thought that was really cool. Spezza is a guy that I don't think he ever really lost his touch yet when the puck's on his stick. Um, you know, this year was obviously a lot harder for him to score. He hasn't, like, you know, a lot of people talk about him as, you know, Jason Spezza. The name is a big name, right? You know, what he did in this league for many years. But his numbers and his points aren't really what's, um, you know, the problem here. Like, these are, you know, points that you can find from uh, other options down in the Marlies, potentially as close as that, or even in free agency and stuff like that. Like, he is replaceable in that sense. But the loss of Spezza hurts you more in the dressing room and team morale wise, because this is a guy we just saw in the series against the Tampa Bay lightning. He had that speech with the team that really turned the Leafs around in that game uh, five. And, you know, there's all the signs you see as coach bank arena do it for Spezza that really, uh, you know, motivated the arena as well. People love this guy. They'll run through a wall for him and uh, bringing him on to management, I think was, you know, a no-brainer. This is a guy that you can tell loves the sport. He wants to be around the sport. And no doubt in my mind, uh, he will be a GM real soon. Maybe it's with the Leafs. Maybe not. I'm going to go deeper into that in a few minutes. I already hinted at that. But Spezza, you know, he's a first-round pick, second overall by the Ottawa Senators. This year, like I said, he played in 71 games, averaging about 10 minutes. You can find replacements. But... Spezza's play is, you know, a little bit different from others. And, you know, that's the right-hand centerman role that we saw with the Leafs. And I, I look at guys like Willie Nylander right now. And, you know, I watched the World Championships and everybody talks about Willie and what he did over there with Sweden. But I look at Nylander and Nylander's a right-hand shot. And Nylander's a guy that has had time at center um, throughout his career. Not much at the pro level with the National Hockey League, but at certain points, you know, he could play center. Uh, we see, we saw him do it a couple times a season, actually, especially when he was driving his own line with Kerfoot when, uh, you know, it was on his strong side for faceoffs. But if you look at the Maple Leafs center depth, we have Austin Matthews, who's center one, no doubt. John Tavares, who currently is center two, but there's a lot of talk about him becoming a winger. I'm going to get to that in a second as well. But then you have David Kampf as kind of the center three, and line four is open right now. Now, we did see Pure Engvall get some time at center this season. He's also a left-hand shot. So, Pure Engvall can kind of occupy that fourth-line center role. They can switch with Kampf as well. They can switch three and four. But Pure Engvall is a guy that I think is emergence right now. Um, you know, he's on an upward trend. I call him the Kyle Dubas project. Uh, he just looks better and better every season. <clears throat> his game one, <clears throat> sorry, his game one allergy season, um, his game one was incredible. And, you know, he was physical. He was all over the ice. Uh, he was making defensive plays, helping out on offense. And yes, we do want to see more offensive contributions for him, but I think he's on the upward trend. So I wouldn't look to diminish Pierre Engvall's minutes, but you can find options. Now, the reason I'm going back to Nylander is, can we potentially see this Maple Leafs team shift Nylander to a center full-time? Now, you know, Nylander is a guy that a lot of Leafs Nation is calling for to be traded. 
Kyle Dubas said he's not looking to make a lateral move with this team. He only wants to get better. You know, that's something every GM is going to tell you. You know, we're looking to get better. Um, so, Nylander, to me, I wouldn't want to trade him. I really don't. I think that, you know, it's probably more likely than not right now, the way the circumstances are going. We just saw Chris Johnston kind of say that he completely believes that, you know, he's on his way out. Um, but Willie Nylander, I think if you kind of have a sit down with him, you talk to him about his game and you just ask for the commitment. And if Nylander can give you that commitment and that fight that he showed in the world championships as well, if he can bring that kind of sandpaper, that defensive, if he just grows as a player. And I know I brought this up to some of my friends as well, talking about this and they all say like, oh, well, Nylander is this kind of player and he's just like that. You're never going to change him. Uh, you don't think they've done that already. Yeah, I do. But, you know, as you grow older, like Evgeny Malkin, people forget with the Pittsburgh Penguins was a reckless young player on the defensive side of the puck when, you know, he was winning Stanley Cups in 09 with the Penguins. But that's what's going to happen. These are elite level players. And sometimes they don't come into full you know, fruition until they're older. And I think Nylander, now that he's growing up, is showing more and more promise every season. He's looking more and more comfortable. This year, he really found that mix on the third line with Kerfoot. Um, so, you know, maybe you run a line where he's running his own third line as the main center with Kerfoot and whoever you want to slot up on the right wing with that line. Perhaps Kasha if you bring him back. But this Spezza move and him leaving the Leafs does open up flexibility with the offense and that's what I'm talking about right now is are we going to see Nylander potentially move to center and you know that's an option that I've been thinking about uh, I'm not going to lock it in yet that's just an idea I've been just thinking about looking at cap friendly and managing the line combinations and all the fun stuff you can do with that but tell me what if you did kind of a setup where you had Tavares Matthews Marner on line one Kind of like what the Avalanche used to have with Landis Cog, McKinnon, and Rantanen. Then you have on line two, Kerfoot, Nylander, and you bring back Kasha. Now, the problem is with this is Michael Bunting, right? Like, Michael Bunting did have such a spectacular season, 60-plus points, but he really found his groove with Austin Matthews. So, perhaps, what if you do Bunting, Matthews, Marner, but Tavares on the left wing, Nylander, and perhaps Kerfa, Kasha. There's a, there's a name that I'm going to be mentioning in a bit. I'm just waiting because I want to get this out of the way first. But basically, you can have Tavares take the left. Tavares' faceoff percentage was incredible this season. Tavares is still a capable center, in my opinion. You know, L.A. Friedman brought up that when he was watching the first round series between the Leafs and Lightning, he just looked at Tavares' 5v5 play as a centerman, and he just thought that he was lost and, you know, really quiet a lot of Leafs nation I guess agrees with that opinion because they were hard on him that's for sure but Tavares in the face-off circle is you know a really really nice advantage so to have Tavares on the left wing with Nylander occupying the center role you have a lefty and a righty on that line that can both take draws and you know we've seen that at certain points this year as well but we never seen Nylander occupy more of the center role uh, you know despite just taking the face-off so you know, that's just a quick brainstorm. I'm wondering if they can't move Nylander because I don't want to trade Nylander unless it's for a nice package, a nice player in return that has some turn to him. I don't want to trade Nylander and he goes out to a team out West. Let's say the Anaheim Ducks for John Gibson. 
and he becomes you know a top five player in the league uh, in a few years from now. And a lot of I've mentioned that a lot. A lot of people are like they look at me with like they're like, what are you talking about, dude? Like a top five player. In my opinion, Nylander might be a top ten skill player in the NHL. I think he just has a bunch of raw talent. You're just missing the effort and all that other stuff. But if you can get the grit and that out of his game and you know you kind of get him to mature into the player that he is, he can be a real nice asset to any team, whether you're contending, if you're middle pack, or even rebuilding. I think he's a fantastic player. He's got good speed. He's got good hands. He has a very underrated shot. And, you know, I think if he is on a different team where he is the number one option on the power play, kind of like what we have here with Austin Matthews, I think you could see him hit 30-plus routinely for every season until – his, I guess, early to mid-30s. I think he's that good of a player. I think he could be one of the best in this league. I don't think he's cut from the same cloth as Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, Ovechkin, uh, Nathan McKinnon, McCarr. But I think he's definitely up in that second-tier category where he could be a top player. And, you know, that's something that the Leafs know that they have here. And I think Kyle Dubas, you know, knows that if he trades Nylander, he better be getting something back in return. And finding a fit for Nylander, um, you know, it's easier said than done because the return that you're want that you're gonna want is got to be you know worth it, right? So a lot of people are talking about trading Nylander, but I don't think I don't know if it's possible to be honest because you better be getting something back in return. And I'm going back to Spezza now because Spezza's loss here is he was the only right-handed face right-handed centerman. Sorry. Uh, for face-offs on his strong side as well. So, you know, now the Leafs have potentially four left-handed centers. And, you know, a lot of people talk about this more than others in terms of how much does it matter, but I think it does. We've seen teams uh, use kind of that role of a fourth-line right winger kind of play center as well. We're seeing it with the Edmonton Oilers and Derek Ryan. These face-offs are pivotal, and more and more teams are starting to base their systems off face-offs. And, you know, that's something that we've seen the Leafs do this year as well. The Leafs were a very puck-driven team, puck-possession-based style, and John Tavares was a huge part of that. And that's why I don't understand how people are, you know, harping on Tavares to move him to a winger because his probably biggest advantage to the Leafs right now is how good he is on faceoffs. He was a top-five faceoff player this season, and that's what contributed to this Leafs lineup um, very well. So... You know, he's great on the power play as well in front of the net. John Tavares, I think, is a guy that you can kind of put on the wing and still get results. I look at a guy like Gabriel Landeskog of the Colorado Avalanche. You know, he plays a very similar style to John Tavares in terms of the grittiness. Now, yes, Landeskog is more of a tough-built guy. He's not afraid to drop the gloves with you. He will eat pucks. Um, He will score goals and all that stuff. But he's kind of that mature presence to the Avalanche like John Tavares is to the Maple Leafs. So... You know, you look at replacements um, for Jason Spezza, and the good part is you could build a younger bottom six now, and I think that is crucial for this Maple Leafs team that likes to play with speed. I look at Josh Hosang. Now, Josh Hosang is a very dynamic player. He's a very dynamic hockey player. I'm a big fan of his. It sucks that he's never really panned out in the NHL, but... You know, I was speaking to people that watch the Marlies all season long, and they are in love with Hosang. And he's got such good skill when the puck's on his blade. And, you know, he's occupied more of a winger role with the Marlies. But 
you know, it's a right-hand shot. You could potentially get him on the cheap. He is, you know, really determined uh, to, you know, reward the least franchise because they were the only team that gave him a chance. Like he said, he like he said last preseason, he was so devoted that he was willing to sharpen skates for this Leafs team. He was willing to go to the East Coast League just to stay in the Leafs organization. So this is a guy I'm looking towards at is Josh Hosang. Is this a potential option? You know, we are going to have a younger bottom six now, and I think that is huge for the Maple Leafs. Yes, we have Wayne Simmons and Kyle Clifford who are more of those grit, build tough guys, but Wayne Simmons' offensive contributions this year were just not there. They just weren't. And I love Wayne as a player. You know, he's, you know, very fun to watch when the games get uh, physical. But, you know, Wayne just doesn't have the goal-scoring touch anymore. And we look at the best teams in the league right now, the teams that are still playing, Corey Perry, uh, Pat Maroon, Tyler Mott, these, you know, fourth-line forwards, Darren Helm, who scored that beauty of a goal in Game 6 for the Avalanche against St. Louis. Um, you know, you're looking at guys like that, that can provide offense for you in the toughest times and the toughest moments. And that's what the four teams left here are getting from their forwards. Oilers don't count because, uh, Zach Cassian only scores when he's on a line with dry and McDavid. Um, but yeah, you know, Tyler Mott, he's got great speed. It's a guy I'm going to be looking at in the off season. Uh, you know, I've already talked about him on some episodes prior, but that's what I'm looking at with this Leafs bottom six is how do we get that? How do we get more offense from down below? Because we relied heavily on number 34, 16, 91, 88 because of their contracts. And yes, when they're making that kind of money and you have that much money tied up to your forwards, you should expect the best results. But, you know, we have to get scoring from the bottom six. We just do. It's important to be the best team in the league. You have to get goal scoring from everywhere. And that comes on the back end as well. And, you know, another thing to mention on Spezza here is, you know, Spezza really, really tough on his stick. He's, you know, not afraid to go into the corners. I remember uh, before the season started and I was, I had the opportunity to uh, watch Leafs at one of these fundraiser events. And, um, you know, Spezza was on the ice with Tavares, Marner, a bunch of the Leaf players um and Spezza was going around players like nothing he was just skipping by people um and that's when I really saw him like this guy still has this in him and he was scoring goals rapidly you know we saw it throughout the season as well um yeah he was only playing 10 minutes a night um he had some streaks as well where he went goalless for 14 games so you know I'm not saying that this is, you know, the end of the world that Spets is deciding to hang it up. But I'm really sad he's deciding to, um, you know, say goodbye to the game at 995 points. To me, I would have loved to seen him get a thousand points. To me, that would have been so cool. Um, but you know, he knows his role. He knows the Maple Leafs and their status right now. So they basically gave his money to Mark Giordano, and uh, Giordano is going to be, I guess, the Spetsa moving forward but right now the Leafs do have a situation on offense where they have to look at right hand shooters and you know Colin Blackwell is a guy that you know a lot of people say might have been just a pure rental for the Maple Leafs um, but he has had time at center so I think now that Spets is basically you know out of the picture in terms of playing style um, Blackwell is a guy that I think his chances of coming back might have just went up uh, but I wouldn't be afraid to. Uh, sorry, I wouldn't be afraid. I wouldn't be afraid to 
look at other options. Like I said, I mentioned Engvall. Engvall's emergence this season has really impressed me, especially after the Heritage Classic game down the road from there really on is when I started to take notice. Also, guys like Tyler Mott, Hosang from the Marlies. Um, you know, there's tons of players. Alex, Steves, you can look at. Just building a younger bottom six is going to be pivotal for this Leafs team, and I can't wait to see what they do. Um, but, you know, now that we start to get to the end of the episode, let's just talk quickly about Jason Spezza and his role to management. And now he is going to be the special assistant to Kyle Dubas. And a lot of people are like, is he the next Leafs GM? My answer to that is maybe. <laughs> I can't say yes or no, but maybe. I think there's a real possibility he is. And, you know, I think a lot of teams around the league now are going to be looking at Jason Spezza and, I'm sure he's going to get a ton of interviews before Kyle Dubas is let go. But, you know, this move kind of shows me that the Leafs are basically saying, well, MLSE and Shanahan are saying, let Kyle Dubas kind of groom you through it. You know, Kyle is all about brains and analytics and stuff like that. More of the newer age general managers that you're starting to see in professional sports, uh, you know, didn't play in the NHL, but came up through schooling and stuff like that. And, you know, I think they're going to kind of let Kyle show Spezza the way he looks at, you know, the sport, the way he makes his decisions. And I think if you can combine that with Jason Spezza, um, you know, and what he brought to the NHL and, you know, him being there. But if you add the, the mindset of Kyle Dubas and the way he sees the game, I think he could be one of the top GMs in hockey. Spezza is a team driven guy. Um, you know, he'll do anything for his teammates. We've seen it time and time again. That play um, that he got suspended for for six games against the Winnipeg Jets that got, you know, lifted a couple games when he, you know, need uh, Neil Pionk. Definitely not something, you know, you want to give light to, but that just shows the kind of player he is. You know, he's not a gritty player. That was the only time he was suspended in his time in the NHL. But, you know, they hurt one of our young and up-and-coming top defensemen, and Spezza went out their first teammate, and that's something we, like I said, we haven't seen with Spezza, uh, despite him playing 19 seasons in the league. So with that, that's all for me, folks. Thank you guys for listening to the Battleborn Leafs podcast. This was kind of an emergency recording to talk about Jason Spezza and his retirement from the National Hockey League. Now joining Leafs management, fantastic move here for the Leafs, and yes, now they have the chance to build a younger bottom six. Who are these options going to be? Is it Josh Hosang? Are they going to look for external options and a guy like Tyler Mott? Or are they going to place Nylander in a more pivotal role to you know make a more of a necessity to this Leafs team? Uh, it's certainly going to be interesting. I can't wait to break it all down with you guys. I will be having some trade talk episodes coming out in the next couple days as we look at high-ticket goalie options, and I cannot wait. Thank you guys for listening. Go Leafs go, and we will see you soon to talk some goalies. Oh, <laughs>